Hey White Sox fans, it's Crystal O'Keefe with episode 22 of Visiting Dugout brought to you by the Southside Sox, a part of Fans First Sports Network. Today on the show, I have AJ Gonzalez from Dodger Blue and In Fuego Now, and he's here to chat about the Dodgers and then the upcoming series with the White Sox on the road. So AJ, welcome. Introduce yourself if you dare. Thank you, Crystal. I appreciate it. I'm AJ Gonzalez. Um, I used to write for Dodgers Nation. Now I write for Dodger Blue and Fuego now. I also write for Remescla. And uh, yeah, I've been a Dodger fan my whole life. Family of Dodger fans. I just went to the Dodgers-Phillies game the other night here in Philly, where I now am living. And that's, you know, it's one of my favorite things in the world, even when we're bad, which (laughs) thankfully, you know, the last decade hasn't been often, but no you kind of got like a better team to be a lifelong fan of i'm a little spoiled oh so national league west it's it's been very interesting the padres are in a really bad slump the diamondbacks are first in your division and the dodgers are just sitting second three and a half games back from first so have there been any like good or bad surprises with your division so far um i think the good surprise is that the Diamondbacks are competitive. Um, Look, every fan base is the same. So I'm not saying that any fan base is better than the other. My own fan base is full of bad eggs and good (laughs) eggs. But uh, Padres' social media fan base is a little rowdy and ruckus. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, you don't blame them. They haven't had a a World Series victory. They were the laughingstock of the NL Central for a very long time. And so... When they're good, naturally, they got loud. And them not being particularly good so far has been pretty surprising. I think most pundits would have picked them to be at first or second at this point in the year. Not the Diamondbacks as Mm -hmm. number one. Um, Dodger-wise, I think the amount of injuries has been a little surprising. I think if you ask most Dodger fans and Dodger pundits, uh, this was going to be a little bit of a weaker roster than we've had in years past. I mean... They won 111 games last year. It's pretty ridiculous. So I know that contextually this is funny, but for Dodger fans, a team that's projected to maybe win 91 is a little frightening. I know mm-hmm. most teams would like sign up for that immediately. And I still do. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like If we win 91 games with this roster, I think that's a success. But the amount of injuries to the Dodgers pitching staff has been like just a clown car. Yeah. And it's shown. It's shown in the ERA, in the team ERA. This is the first year in the era of these new Dodger owners where I've ever seen our pitching this um, mediocre to bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what else is going on in Dodger land? Um, I think that uh, this is the lowest um, on the payroll scale that the Dodgers have been in a while. And you know, we could do an aria about how they should spend more every year, and every team should, of course. Mm-hmm. I've all, you know, we've always been of that opinion. Yeah. Um, but whether you think it's the rumors that they're saving up for the Brinks truck to bring to Otani <laughs> in the offseason, um, they're letting the kids play. And even though, obviously, we don't like teams not spending what they should, letting the kids play has been kind of fun, even among the growing pains. Michael Grove being called up early and struggling. Uh, It's still nice to see him get a shot. Same with Gavin Stone, who definitely I don't think was major league ready. He was pretty brutal, and although we hope he comes back. 
Um, Miguel Vargas has been fun to watch, even amidst his struggles. So um, if you're a Dodger fan and this season has been rough, it's just a product of like being spoiled for years. But if you, I think if there's enough uh, logic applied to like, hey, let's have fun watching these kids play. Not it, Not every season can have the kind of lineup that we've had before. But it will be nice. It would be nice to see more from the not top five hitters in our lineup because it's mostly been Betts, Freeman, Martinez, and a little bit of Muncie. Yeah, that's fair. So, you know, you mentioned hoping that they get above 90 wins. Where do you see them kind of sitting like next month? But then again, where do you think they might land, you know, in September towards the very end of the season? Um, they're in a bit of a slide right now, and I, I honestly expect that to continue mm-hmm. with, you know, any other year you see a pitcher like Michael Grove continue to struggle and not punitive or not like as a punishment do you send him down. You send him down to get more seasoning. Mm-hmm. You know, these especially young pitchers need a lot of experience. and But the Dodgers just can't do that right now. They have had Julio Urias has been on the IL a lot. Um Dustin May is, is obviously gone for more than 60 days, and that injury looks – there. the Dodgers can be a little misleading or cryptic with the way that they describe their injuries, but all the words they've been using for May don't spell him coming back soon. Oh. Obviously, we lost Walker Bueller for most of the year. He says he's already on track to come back in September, which I think is incredible but ridiculous. So I think with only Kershaw consistently healthy and Kershaw might be young in human years, but in Dodger pitching or in pitching in, in innings, he's got a lot of years on that arm and you can't rely on him to pitch all year. It'd be great if he did. Cause for me watching Kershaw at his best or at his worst is a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been enjoying Bobby Miller's the talk of MLB right now, the flamethrower. I didn't think he was going to be ready and I was very happy to be wrong. But when your most consistent two guys are a new rookie and an old vet, and that's it, it's kind of hard to watch, especially when the Dodgers, at least entering the other day, they had the 18th worst bullpen in the majors, which is not something you expect to see. Yeah, no, not with them. So I could see them still floundering. I could see them falling up to, I hope not, eight to 10 games behind Arizona. But I also feel, and I like Arizona a lot, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but they kind of have the look of a team that's overachieving. Uh, Hitting-wise, pitching-wise, they're pretty solid. Mm-hmm. So it could be an actual struggle for L.A. for the next two months, I think. That is something I never expected to hear from anybody with the Dodgers. So do you have you know, an MVP candidate for the Dodgers this year? Like if you had to pick one like right now? It's certainly Freddie Freeman. He's at the top of most of the offensive, or at least at the top or near the top of most of the offensive um, marks. And he he's Freddie Freeman. When they signed him, I honestly thought that even though he's a little older, it was a bargain of a deal mm-hmm. for as much as that much can be a bargain. Um, Mookie Betts is right behind him. Whenever Mookie's in the lineup, it's great. And – up until like the last week he's been struggling, but Will Smith is look, he's got the most bland name and I get it. <laughs> he, he is self-described sort of a bland person. That's not me. That's him saying it about himself mm-hmm. and he's pretty quiet, but he's quietly one of the best catchers in baseball. 
So yeah. if I had to pick three, it would be those guys. Kershaw's been very good, but not MVP-esque. So it would be one of those top three guys. Yeah, Kershaw is, does not look like his normal self from what I've seen this year. Nope. So on that other, kind of the other end of that, do you have somebody that you would put on the trading block for, you know, when this trend date, before this trade deadline ends? I was looking in some of your comments and someone, I think they were jokingly asking about Chicago, but since they, <laughs> since the since the question was about the Dodgers, you know, how do they consistently get this good and yet still have a top tier farm system? Yeah. And uh, it's been puzzling. They called up. I don't know if you saw this, but they called up Michael Bush for like two weeks. He didn't get many starts, but he got a few at bats and he looked very confident and good at the plate. He came up in some big moments and looked like a guy who's been around for a few years. And then they sent him back. So I'm going, are they window shopping him for potential trades? Guys like him, Michael Grove, Gavin Stone. Um, They just called up Johnny DeLuca. I got got to see his first major league hit. And uh, listen, I've been in the process of moving. So the past two weeks, I've had to like just barely pay enough attention to continue to write and do my job. Yeah. But um, they just have a lot of solid-looking prospects that makes me wonder if bringing them up is like a tease, like, hey, Chicago White Sox, hey, whomever else they might want to trade with, take a look at this talent you might want to see in your uniform in the next few years. Uh, And so I definitely think that's a possibility, although Andrew Friedman is kind of unpredictable. Sometimes he is not willing to trade, and other times they'll make the big blockbuster trade, like when they traded Trey Turner, Uh, for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer and gave away what I still think was a fair package back because Josiah Gray is fun. Cabert Ruiz is pretty solid. So it it could be on the horizon, especially if they continue to compete for first place but not quite be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Before I get to the silly questions, I did want to take a moment because – you know, after Ben Scully passed, all of these incredible memories were kind of all over everything, like articles, Twitter, just everywhere. So I just wanted to quickly talk about, you know, your your Ben Scully moment on the broadcast, because every time I watch that video, I get a little choked up because it was just so sweet. So for those that don't know what I'm talking about, AJ, what happened with you? So I moved to Nashville in 2007, and I was a broke musician trying to make it. So I didn't go back to California much, and when I did, it was to visit my parents up in NorCal. So when I went on, I think it was July 9th, 2016, Ben Scully's last year as the official commentator and on-air voice of the Dodgers, um, I hadn't been to Dodger Stadium in maybe 10 or 15 years. It was the longest drought of my life, and I was just so happy to be there. My daughter, Elena, we call her like... Ellie as well was one years old and we brought my mom, my dad, my sister, my wife and uh, my daughter. And it was just a special night. The Dodgers actually got walloped that night, but it didn't (laughs) matter because I was happy to be there with my family. I don't get to see my parents very often. I don't get to see my sister very often. So it was just a really beautiful night. And I remember vaguely seeing like a a guy with a camera a couple rows back but, you know, they get B-roll and all that stuff all the time. So I didn't think much of it. And plus, I was just taking in the view. And then I start getting texts from my cousins because we were using my family's uh, season tickets that night. Um, 
to edit this, but holy, you're on TV with Ellie. And I was like, okay. I thought that, that like they like panned and saw me because that's happened multiple times. The yeah. film I went yeah. to last year, uh, people were getting screenshots. Hey, it's AJ on the guitar. Uh, it wasn't until towards the end of the game that it was posted to um, not Vin Scully's official Instagram, but like Vin Scully's minion, I think it was. And it was the camera on the back of my head with my daughter Ellie in my arms, and I was bouncing her because she was it's a one-year-old at a baseball game. They can't be happy forever. <laughs> and I'm just kind of bouncing her, and she's she was reaching for something that somebody had. And he's reciting um Dr. Seuss. And I mean, I know this by heart, okay? It's I'm not gonna try to imitate Vin because that's just not <laughs> no, not you can never do that. Nobody can, except for John Miller. Um, but it's, oh, it's a troublesome world. All the people who are in it are troubled with troubles almost every minute. You ought to be thankful a whole heaping lot for the places and people you're lucky you're not. You're in dad's arms and life is good. Welcome to Dodger Stadium, honey. And after that game, I was the only Dodger fan who walked out of there, like with a glowing smile on my (laughs) face because, and at the time I didn't, this was 2016. We all had smartphones, but I didn't kind of know how to save things the way we all do now. Yeah. So um, the next summer, as I started to get more involved with the Twitter community, someone who was more savvy than that at than me at the time downloaded it for me and sent it because it, and it came just this this community video that everybody loved. Um, it's kind of by in a weird twist of fate how I got my started back in writing because I like I said I was a musician at the time. And then when we had kids, I was like, I can't do this full time anymore. I should go back to writing. I was good at it. So someone, her name is Gail, and she writes for Do- she wrote for Dodgers Nation. To wonderful person, she's worth a follow. Saw that video and wrote an article about me at Dodgers Nation. So when I read it, I was like, Gail, can you put me in touch with the people there? I would love to write about the Dodgers. And that's kind of how this whole thing started. Is that story? So now I have it saved to Google Drive, to <laughs> a couple of um, hard drives. My daughter and um, wife last Christmas got it in, in the photo of the image of that embolded on a mug. Aww. So, and um, I've been thinking about commissioning very talented artists to like do some kind of painting about it. That would be so sweet. Yeah, that every single time I kind of come across that. And I saw that, you know, before, you know, we were even kind of Twitter mutuals. Yeah. I remember seeing it and I was like, that's so cute. But yeah. I just I had to give that a quick moment because I love it so much. It's Thank you. It's one of the best moments of my life outside of my wedding and my two <laughs> kids, my two kids being born. Like that's probably number four. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't blame you at all. Yeah. Um, so on to some of these silly questions. I think you did read some of them, but um, first one was when will Tim Anderson be traded to the Dodgers? Listen, <laughs> I know not him anymore though. <laughs> I know Timmy's been struggling, but I, and so if I have to put my wannabe front office baseball manager hat on, I'd say, I don't know if they'd want another struggling, but talented player to play short. The other part of me, the part that is a big Tim Anderson fan is like, yay, we'll we'll, we'll be happy to take them off your hands as much as I think that's painful for White Sox fans. Um, Cause sometimes people get a change of scenery and they, you know, they refine it. He's, he's full of talent. Like the guy's one of the most talented guys I've seen in a while. Um, but even with the way he's struggling, I love Miguel Rojas on the Dodgers. Uh, Dodger fans will always remember him for saving Clayton Kershaw's no hitter, but he is one of those old school 
big glove, no bat kind of guys. And he so he hasn't been hitting that well, but that's what we expected. And I think most Dodger fans are very happy with his production. He's a great team player. So is it worth giving up like and let me be clear, I'm sure everyone who watches this also agrees. I don't like talking about players like cattle or like yeah. property. So the, forgive me if I use just cliche baseball lingo. It's not intentional. But um, the question is, is it worth giving up major league prospect uh, talents for a guy who's currently struggling? I think it's still worth looking into, especially if we could pry any one yeah. of your starters. Because at this point, the Dodgers' biggest hole is pitch any, any kind of pitching. Um, I think... I don't believe in trading for big bullpen arms because the bullpen is always a crapshoot no matter what. Like even if you get like upper echelon guys, it sometimes it doesn't matter. But starting pitching is never invaluable. Yeah. So I would love to see that as much as every White Sox fan who's watching this. I don't blame you for wanting to throw a dart at my face for, <laughs> for dropping names like Cease or anyone we could get for. But um, But I'm sure most White Sox fans know that like, your ownership is doing you guys a disservice mm-hmm. and it's not fair because uh, White Sox have always been a team. I enjoyed watching the uniforms are second to none. Maybe um, I'm, I'm removing the Dodgers from the list here. Cause I'm too biased, right? Maybe like second to only the powder blue Philly uniforms, the White Sox, oh, yeah, standard, the White Sox standard blacks are like the best looking uniform in baseball. I'm a road grays kind of girl. I personally I like love with the script. I think that's beautiful. But yeah, you make a great point. Those Phillies, powder blue. They're so good. Beautiful. And I'm not just saying that to get my wife to like me. We're already married. <laughs> She's a Phillies fan. <laughs> it's understandable. Um, this one was funny. How do they constantly fill up their minor league teams and have money to pay for star players? Um, I think... And again, there are plenty of criticisms you can lobby at any ownership in front office, especially the Dodgers the last few years, honestly. But with that said, they are second to maybe none. Maybe they're the best in baseball, maybe other than Tampa, at just developing these players with an incredible farm system and bringing guys up who immediately make a contribution. I did not expect Bobby Miller to be ready, but... The first few teams he faced were not bottom feeders. Atlanta has a terrific lineup, and he Mm -hmm. did very well against them. Um, He was ready. We've seen in the past guys like Gavin Lux, who I wish was playing right now, um, get developed and become a very helpful player. Obviously, there were a lot of rookie of the years in the past few years. Jock Peterson, and then he left. Corey Seager obviously got the big bucks this year. He was a Dodgers farm product. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I could go on like that all day. Um, I don't know how they do it. I'm just <laughs> glad that they do it. And I'm glad that other than maybe this year, they are willing to spend the money to retain them. Yeah. I just have to mention the other very similar question. It said, do the Dodger, does the Dodgers fan base pay close attention to the minor league system and particular prospects, or do they just trust that the organization has more guys coming at all times? <laughs> Again, you guys are great at developing that. That's a really good question, and I don't like to give the politicians answer, but I do think it's a little bit of both. I mean, 
uh, of the guys at Dodger Blue, I am not one of the most knowledgeable when it comes to the prospects. I know just enough to kind of not look like an idiot and to try to follow. Uh, you know, life's life's hectic and having kids is difficult. But like, I was ready for Johnny DeLuca. I didn't. I, I will. I'll be honest. I didn't know a lot about Gavin Stone before they brought him up. Um, but yeah, I think. Dodger fans also just kind of trust that the talent they bring up is major league, which is also probably the problem when they struggle at first and Dodger fans are pretty hard on them. And I'm like, very few players come up yeah, and are the second coming of Randy Johnson or Ken Griffey Jr. The moment they step on the field. I think that's every fan base though. I have seen sure. some horrible comments about these guys being called out. Sure. Uh, one was, will the Dodgers ownership buy the white Sox? You did mention earlier you know, Jerry is the worst, and he owns two of my teams, so that's a little rude. It so. makes you it it really makes you wonder how he was so successful with the Bulls. I mean, I know the answer is Jordan, and then Pippen, and Phil Jackson, and the other guys that they developed around him. Because as for much as Jerry, the late Jerry Cross, deserves criticism for his attitude, the man built winning rosters. He did. Um, and I don't know. I'm starting to think that that was in spite of Reinsdorf and not because of him. Why can't Rick Hahn do that? Then? <laughs> Why can't he build them in spite? It it seems like he used to be really good at this. And I don't again, I, I don't follow Chicago, the White Sox as much as I wish I could. But, um, yeah, they haven't. They've just struggled in places where I thought they were going to start being one of the better teams. That's fair. So this one, I don't do. I don't know if you follow Catherine Tinker. She's a big oh, Dodger fan. One of my one of my favorite yes. people on Twitter. Um, one question was, why aren't they scoring enough runs to keep Catherine Tinker happy? Because if you remember, she has been refusing to post pictures of her cats until the Dodgers really get it together. And I constantly see some, you know, score some effing runs memes. Yep. Uh, so why aren't they scoring enough? <laughs> Again, uh, the the non-serious answer is because maybe karmatically Dodger fans don't deserve that much <laughs> joy all the time. Um, the other answer is because, you know, we have, you know, that meme that has like the picture of the horse and the first third of the horse has a beautiful drawing and the rest is like drawn by someone with my artistic skills. That's kind of been, with all respect to the Dodgers roster and the guys who are trying their hardest, that's kind of been how our lineup has been. It's like, ooh, Mookie, Freeman, Will Smith, a little bit of Max Muncy. And then from there, it's kind of been inconsistent production from the rest. That happens. It's all right. I get it. I can't We're complain. Kind of the opposite because, like, our, you know, starting, like, our first five have usually been, like, abysmal. And then you have somebody like Romy Gonzalez come in and hit a, you know – game-winning double out of the blue so as a big fan of that last name good for him i'm happy for you guys <laughs> we love Romy in this house even though he's a virgo man and i usually don't don't appreciate virgo men um we love him and finally why is mookie betts just so great i think it's a combination of the obvious talent i mean the man is a world-class bowler um, he went to John Overton High School in Nashville where I lived. Like It was like two miles from where I lived for years. Looking back, I wish I could have known that I could have watched him. Um, 
He, he was good at football. He, the man at five foot eight could dunk a basketball. I've seen him do it. He's just one of those athletes, you know, those once in a generation athletes. And I think the other thing that makes him look that good is he looks cool doing anything. He does. Like the man looks cool doing anything. My wife points that out like all the time. Like when he's standing in the outfield, like in between pitches, he looks cool. Like I don't look cool when I play guitar and playing guitar <laughs> makes everyone look cool. And I still don't. So it's like, He's just cool, man. He's fun to watch, and he's likable. Yeah, he you know, he's very likable. He's down with Black Lives Matter, and he's really involved in the the LA community. He's still really involved in the Nashville community where he grew up in volunteering. And I know that he did the same when he was in Boston. He's just a likable dude, and I was I couldn't have been more happy when they gave him the long contract. Yeah, he's he's so much fun. I was just watching the video of him earlier in the Philly series where. He and Bryce Harper were jersey swapping and signing at the end of the game, which was just fun because those are they're both just so likable. Yeah, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion, but I've always liked Bryce Harper. I have too. I I think he's been a victim of the hype machine. The guy was like hype as the next big thing when he was like what fourteen. Yeah. And naturally, like the hype, the people who get the hype just naturally also get the hate. Mm-hmm. But he's every bit as advertised. He's a great player. Yeah. And he bounced back so quickly after surgery. Like how? Not human. No. Him and Shohei, I'm convinced yeah. are not human. All right. We're going to take just a very quick break to pay some bills. And we are back. And again, I'm here with AJ to talk about this upcoming series now. So first, these pitch up matchups will be kind of interesting. The White Sox or starting with Lance Lynn, who has been just awful lately. Like, he's kind of the second coming of Dallas Keuchel before he was DFA'd. Like, it's been it's been rough. Uh, then we have the redacted starting pitcher that we don't name. And then we have Dylan Cease, who, again, has been kind of up and down. You guys have Kershaw in the middle, which I feel like is in that kind of boat with Dylan Cease, where they're still great. But at times you get a little worried. Um, so what can you tell us about, you know, Groves and Gonzalez and all that? Because an ERA can just paint like a very small picture of what they're actually doing. Um, that's a really great point, Crystal, because um, so Michael Grove hasn't been great, mm-hmm. but he's had moments where he's looked very impressive. And then he he um, he's one of those guys that so far, once the team sees him the second time through the lineup, he's really struggled. But he's done pretty well the first time, except for one one of his first starts against Arizona, where that team just got hot. Mm-hmm. And like I watched that game, one of the games I watched very closely, he made pretty good pitches. They were just walloping everything. Like they were scary that series. So um, <clears throat> I think he can still be competitive in a start. He's not. And again, with respect to Gavin Stone, who I still think is going to be great, just was not ready. Um, he's not been as bad as like a Gavin Stone star or Noah Syndergaard. I don't like clowning on Noah Syndergaard either. There's nothing like like terribly unlikable about him, but yeah. the man just doesn't have it anymore. He really doesn't. And uh, I feel for him, but watching him has been brutal. So w- w- when I think of Gavin Stone, I'm I'm hopeful. I think he could pitch well. Um, as you mentioned, and as I briefly looked up, I didn't look up a lot, 
the White Sox hitting has been kind of weirdly inconsistent, although they have had games where they've looked really good. So um, that one could be a wash or could be good. Um, could you just say could you just say was starting that first game for the White Sox? Lance Lynn is starting the first game. It, well, like you said, it kind of depends which Lance Lynn shows up. Lately, it's been very bad, Lance Lynn. Which which surprised me honestly. Yeah, because we haven't seen him bad, <laughs> like no, ever. and then this been, year, Oof. he's been I think better than they thought he was going to be up until recently. Yeah. Um, he who he who shall not be named. Look, I like I said, I actually really like the White Sox, so I just would like to see the Dodgers win every game, but a good series. But I would love to see the Dodgers just tee off on that man into the next galaxy. That is how I feel every single time he starts. I don't care about that game. I usually, I for some reason, I always get stuck covering his starts. I don't know what is going on, but. I honestly do not mind taking like a big L and him just getting like shellacked by every team. Like it happened with the Reds and that was great. Like just tee off on him. He deserves it. So I am rooting for you guys during that game. I've been there in the same situation. Obviously uh, his friend who we uh-huh. shall not name. Yeah. He started for us. I honestly couldn't watch the game sometimes. Not couldn't because mm-hmm. I wasn't available. I just, just I couldn't physically. do it, yeah. Because like it does like for me, I didn't want to root for him, but like when I see the Dodgers on TV, I want them to win. Yeah. So I it's a feel like you I'm sure like you feel like it's like this philosophical pulling apart, but yeah I, I've never liked that guy, and even before we found out he was not a nice person, that delivery and wind up is stressful to watch. Yeah, it's ugly. It's oh, it's awful. <laughs> Yeah, the only kind of solace I get in covering his starts is that I do donate money to domestic violence organizations every single start. Um, That's like the mental gymnastics at this point that I have to do to be able to watch a game where he's pitching. It's funny, when I saw you doing that, I was like, that's exactly what I did with the other guy. Yeah. Um, I'm really impressed with you because I did not donate the amounts that you have been, but just as a, you know, a play on my own karma, I would at least donate something. Mm-hmm. To um, there were a lot of good uh, charities in the LA area that, because of my exhaustion from the move, I'm blanking on their names, but I would try to donate every time. Yeah, it's that's all. That's the only way I can sit and watch his games, and even then, I still kind of root against him. I just sure. love him to not be on the team anymore. He can join his friend in Japan. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. Um, so what are your keys, you know, for the Dodgers to take this series? They've got to hit those starters. Um, the The Dodgers, I think, and now realizing who's starting, the Dodgers do fairly well against righties. Mm-hmm. So um, that could look good for the Dodgers. That could look good for my boys in blue. Um I honestly haven't watched enough White Sox games to say with confidence, so this is going to be more of a question. Do you guys have any flamethrowers or good pitchers in the bullpen who throw from the left side? Not Not good, no. Okay, because that would be honestly their best bet. Um, Ranger Suarez shut us out the other night for five innings, and I'm not dogging Ranger Suarez, but he's not considered an elite arm. No. But we just don't hit lefties. Um there's a cliche among Laker fans as well 
that if the Lakers sign a very competent three-point shooter who shoots over 45%, if he comes to the Lakers, he's going to shoot 35 or under. The Dodgers, when they sign a righty like Mookie Betts, who traditionally mashed lefties, doesn't hit lefties that well anymore. The only guy who does is J.D. Martinez and Freddie, but Freddie hits yeah. everybody. That's just, he's just great anyway. So, yeah, I, I guess on paper this series doesn't necessarily favor the White Sox, but luckily for you White Sox fans, our bullpen has been com- a complete dumpster fire. So if our starters don't go deep, you guys have a good shot. Yeah, I feel that. We've also had a horrendous bullpen. It was really showing today, too. Woof. <laughs> so who could be kind of your like your biggest threat on the Dodgers right now? Like who's going to come into this series and be just bad for the White Sox? Freeman and Mookie are too, Freeman and Mookie are too easy of answers. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to say um, Will Smith because he had a, a struggle the last few games, but otherwise he's been really consistent and and kind of put right there in between. Mookie Freddie and often JD or Muncie, if he's hitting too, that's when that's when the top five in the Dodgers lineup do do enough damage to make up for the other part not doing. So I would say guys like Will Smith, or if we get a good series out of a more role player guy like a David Peralta or a Chris Taylor. Um, actually I don't see David Peralta getting a lot of starts since there's a lot mm-hmm. of righties yeah. you guys are gonna throw. So a guy like Chris, um, no, David Peralta will get a lot of starts, sorry, because he he hits from the left side. And the Dodgers are big into splits, even when it doesn't behoove them. Um, I could see him because he's starting to hit a little better. You know, it's hard to see improvements unless a guy's like hitting, like slugging or like putting up an ops of like a thousand or over for like a couple of weeks. But Peralta has been like quietly putting up like an 800 for a few weeks and I think he's going to find it someone like that um if James Altman can find the swing that he had in April and early on in May that could be a big problem for Chicago because when he was hot that the Dodgers lineup was on fire but he's obviously been in a huge struggle that's fair um I mean, I mean do, you, do you have any fears kind of as you head into this series? Because, again, both teams have kind of been inconsistent, not their normal team that you would expect. So do you have anything that you're just kind of afraid of going into the series? Yeah, I'm afraid that our starters don't get deep enough into games and we have to tire our bullpen out, and our bullpen's just not been good. That's my biggest fear yeah. as a Dodger fan anyway. I understand that fear all too well as a White Sox fan. <laughs> so we'll move away from this series. I'd just like to ask kind of what your thoughts are so far this season. Because, you know, we've we've already mentioned how phenomenal the Diamondbacks have been this year. So, you know, this is kind of your time to say like, oh, this team's going all the way. Or this team's an underdog. Or why is this team so bad this year? They should be so good. Um. Yeah, so the Padres have been bad, even though they've got a huge payroll and some big top names. Um, That one is surprising. I read a a short piece the other day that talks about how the clubhouse is not in a good state. Mm -hmm. It was not a fully fledged piece. It didn't have a lot of like hard evidence uh, other than 
hearsay and sort of rumor, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah. Um, and in the last few years, that has been their biggest, one of their bigger concerns. They've had clubhouse problems and they've had distractions like Fernando Tatis and his multiple issues. And um, that one, as a Dodger fan, there is a part of me that has a schadenfreude because of how honestly obnoxious their fans have been to us. But it's also kind of disappointing because you want guys like Soto and Machado to be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, before Tatis and his steroid thing and his other distractions, you wanted him to be successful. He was fun. He was exuberant. Like, uh, um, idealistically, I like San Diego. Um, they they were a fun team to watch. But seeing that has been disappointing. Obviously, seeing the White Sox be as 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 bad as they've been has been disappointing and especially seeing guys that I like like <clears throat> um struggle like that has been disappointing. I hate what the Oakland A's have done to their franchise and to their fan base. Yeah. Like I grew up near o- at least near enough to Oakland that that was my local team. And I enjoyed that as a kid. Um yeah, the Coliseum is if you want to call it a dump, that's fine, but that w- that's our dump. Yeah. That's yeah. our place to get the cheapest beer that you could get in any stadium. Like it, it belongs there and their ownership should be ashamed of themselves. Um, I, I will admit bias here. I, I hope the Houston Astros continue to struggle. I mean, they've been good, but I hope they struggle because I just, I don't have forgiveness in my heart No. Uh, when it comes to that whole thing. When former 2017 Astros struggle, I delightfully, enjoy some schadenfreude and i don't feel bad about it maybe i should i don't think so no you shouldn't <laughs> I um, don't. it's weird to see the cardinals be like this because they had a good roster they have two of the best righty hitters in baseball who i've, I've always liked like arenado he's a who doesn't like watching arenado play third you know mm-hmm. um the twins have surprised me i, I don't want to upset my White Sox friends watching this, I don't want to tempt the wrath of the whatever from high atop the thing. Um, but I guess, like, I did not expect Sonny Gray to look like the young version of himself. I didn't expect I didn't expect him to be this good or, or any good. But credit where credit's due, they have been good. Um, uh, obviously, the big team has been uh, Tampa. Mm-hmm. And... Tampa's like Tampa's like the Dollar General version of the Dodgers, but they're really good. They're better than the Dodgers. They like play the same analytical type games. They, you know, Andrew Friedman, who's the front office guy of the Dodgers, used to be in Tampa. And they just throw guys out there who are good, man. And I love Wander Franco. I've written multiple yeah. pieces about him over at Remescla. Um, in my opinion, he should should, should continue to throw the ball in the air as he's making routine throws to first and people who think that that's too much should learn to enjoy things. <laughs> so Tampa's surprising. Yeah. So those are the things that I've have jumped out at me the most so far in MLB this season. Yeah. Those are some good ones for sure. So as we wrap this up, this is your moment to shine, plug your socials so that everyone knows where to find you and can follow you because you've always been a very fun follower. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm AJ on the guitar on Twitter. My name is AJ Gonzalez. 
Um, I write for dodgerblue.com, although I've taken two weeks off for this move. Um, I, uh, I, I will be continuing to do video stuff for them. We do Dodger broadcast Tuesdays and Fridays right here on, uh, on StreamYard. Um, you can find me at Remescla, um, not at Enfuego currently, but ho- hopefully that will come back. And yeah, uh, follow me there. Interact with me. Enjoy or hate my dad jokes and bad puns. For what they are, for my West Wing references, hijack, hijack. Jackie, that was the shirt I was wearing, honestly, for this until um, dinner happened. Oh yeah, Um, that's fair. But uh, yeah, follow me there. I'm happy. I I follow most people back um, within reason. You know, you got to check a few things first before you really commit to following a person back. I'm a lot. I'm a lot less picky and obnoxiously uh, snotty than I used to be with that. But I, there are some red flags that, you know, I won't do, but most of the people in the Chicago Twitter, in the White Sox Twitter circle um, have been delightful, by the way, my favorite other than Dodgers to like hang out around for sure. So if you don't already follow me, I'd love to be your friend on social media. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much obviously best of luck to you in this series you guys as well and thank you crystal seriously yeah absolutely it was wonderful to host you and yeah anyway good luck thank you so much aj and that's it for this week good good luck white Sox fans (laughs) bye